Hi guys, and welcome back. This is episode two. We are the Skeleton Twins, and our podcast is for Anthropology 355, Bioarchaeology of Death for Dave Hopwood at Vancouver Island University. My name is Casey Moore, and I'm here virtually with Claire Cunningham. On today's episode, I will be focusing on bog bodies in England and Ireland. The first site I am looking at is based in Manchester, England, in the country of Cheshire. The site is particularly interesting since it involves a bog body. For those who don't know what a bog body is, it's a human cadaver that has been naturally modified in a peat bog. In a peat bog, the site was first discovered in 1983. Little Man was excavated from a peat bog in Little Moss of the country of Cheshire, close to Manchester's Ringway Airport. The individual isn't fully complete. Six months prior to this excavation, the legs of the individual were severed off by a mechanical digger, which cut the peat and his two legs, assuring that the individual did not have two legs according to the stature the individual had to have been around 1.65 meters with a well-built muscles. His hair has not maintained the same color due from the wet exposure over the years. The well-preserved ear from the free loams and the meatus are unremarkable, but the eyes are not yet preserved intact. The teeth of which 30 survive are in places of heavily worn but show no clear evidence of gross decay. When analyzing the elementary tract, it consists of a diet of vegetables and food that consists of wheat and barley. The surrounding area shows no cases of habitation. There are little remnants of artifacts or grave goods. The radiocarbon date of 5500 BC would suggest a Celtic static status for the little man. But apart from the fact that he is a blood group O, there's little that we can add to contribute or detract from his Celtic status without traveling into the world conjuncture. His adult, he is an adult male of around 25 years of age, who has no evidence of a major disease apart from parasitic worms. According to Professor Frank Oldfield's group at Liverpool University, the pea contains evidence of local human activity. There is there is disturbance within the surrounding forest. Weeds as well as charcoal remnants were present. In, colony article, in Colony's article, it suggests that this individual could have been an early settler or possibly an intruder. His injuries on his body suggest that he was not alone when he died. There are several areas of damage to, a body, to his body. Some clearly post-mortem changes, others not so. The top of his head in the region of the coronal suture displays a large, flat, soft tissue wound several centimeters in diameter underneath, the, underneath which the skull is smashed with a large depression fracture, from which at least a three jagged fragments of bone now lie with an empty cranial cavity. It does not appear to be a wound from a sharp weapon like a sword, spear, or axe more likely a blunt instrument, a club, or a heavy stick. The markings on the cervical vertebrae are also consistent with a heavy blow to the blow, blow to the head. The blow on the head wouldn't have necessarily killed this individual. However, with the little to no medical care back then, we then suggest that this could have been the reasoning for his death. 
There was also another blow to the back of the neck with the where the injury markers are would have resulted in immediate death, which then leads to the question, which injury occurred first on the individual? This then leads us to the question, why was this individual killed? Was he an intruder? Did he do something wrong? Was it an accident? Ritualistic behavior? Of the two artifacts on the body, a thin cord twisted sinew knotted around his neck attracted much attention much much attention many suggest have been from made many suggest have been made about the significance of the neck cord in particular the proposal that it was used as a garut in the course of an intru in a ritual murder there is no such damage that suggests that this could have occurred but this does no limit out strangulation as a possibility of death According to Connolly's article, the fact that it has places dug deep into its neck, I believe due to the entirety of bloating of the body following the immersion of the pool with the result of the ligature was relatively tighter around the soft bloated neck than it had been in life, which suggests that the clubbing would have been the result of death. What does this mean for interpretation then? I believe that this individual was involved in some kind of fight or confrontation with another person, which then resulted in their death. From the blunt force object, however, the cord around the neck makes me suggest that there might have been some ritual aspect to it, rather than some pure anger, since this thin wire was there too, small, small to be a murder object, could it be remnants from the killer's clothes, or is it ritualistic? find that this could be I find that this could be any of these options or something completely different. The fact that this individual was struck in the head and then had a wire placed around his neck makes me think that this individual was either involved in a ritual or a confrontation with some other individual. I also think that how the body was buried and where the body was put also is another factor of how this person was treated. And thought within this community. Maybe he was an intruder. Maybe he was someone that was not welcome there. And this is why all of these injuries occurred to his body. Who knows? I find that I found that this article is very intriguing. I never really read into bog bodies before, so I think that with reading into it, it's interesting to see how the bodies are laid afterwards and represented and what damages occur and what little evidence you really do have is kind of amazing to see but it's also interesting to see what you do have left over compared to other burials that we've seen on these episodes so now I'd like to move on to the questions my first question and my only question actually I just aimed it at Claire because I was just I just want to know. I just want to hear from another perspective of what you're feeling from this story, how I'm hearing it, how I'm reading it, and how I'm interpreting it. And I want to know, what, when it comes to this burial, there are a lot of unanswered questions, but based off the evidence that we do have, what do you believe happened to this individual? Could it have been realistic, ritualistic, sorry, or could it have been a confrontation from another individual, or... Claire, what are your other ideas? 
It is a very interesting site with a very interesting individual and an individual that is also very particular in its injuries and its placement and treatment and death. Um, I had the same ideas as you while you were going through your research that it does seem like a very dramatic type of death and the way he was laid out in the bog makes me think that there could have been a confrontation with another individual or it could have been a you know a planned you know a killing or something like that rather than just a death in a different way um however once you reach the end of the analysis i kind of based my understanding on other bog bodies and other researchers in bogs that there is a lot of potential for damage post-mortem as they are lying in the ground whether that be from vehicles or construction sites um, bulldozing digging it up or something like that where there could have been a lot of potential for damage either that be on the skull or in anywhere so I would wonder I would go further into analyzing and researching how the excavation happened or the history of the area in England, whether there was lots of, it was a high traffic area, there was lots of migration or movement around the area that could have affected the earth below. My second thought about how this person could have died all kind of changed when you mentioned the thin wire around the individual's neck. Now, that doesn't seem like evidence of just natural destruction that happens around bodies when they're buried, post-mortem injuries that could have happened by high traffic or other people. The wire around the neck really does stand out as a type of injury that could have occurred either right at the time of death or before the time of death. Um, I would also do a further investigation into the spatial arrangements of these burials, whether the significance of the wire around the neck and the place where the body was found in the bog and where, you know, the bog is retrospect to neighboring civilizations or populations. I would look into that perhaps there's a history of the space being a spot for sacrifices or for hanging people, hence the wire, or for all in all a a place where people were chosen to die if this was an intentional death rather than an accidental one. Um, I would look into kind of the materials and again the different attributes about the environment, whether the type of wire, the type of metal, something like that was a common a common element of the society. If they were used in a lot of tools or structures or different kinds of things that could be involved in the death, if it was inflicted by another individual, where did they have access to that wire? What kind of occupations perhaps were using these materials and things like that? With all that information, if it exists anywhere, I think would provide a lot of different puzzle pieces to the picture of kind of the big question I think both of you and I are thinking is, was it intentional, his death, or was it an accident? For this next site, we'll be in the Irish Midlands. Two individuals were found in 2005. Both were dated to mid-Iron Age. 
These individuals were known as the Old Cochrane Man and the Coneal Cabin Man. Only the upper torso of the arms of the Old Cochrane Man were deposited into the bog, but these sufficient to indicate that the body was of an, an adult male with a large stature, six feet, three and a half inches in height, with enormous arms and powerful hands. Due to the markings on his body, the researchers were able to tell that this individual was doing lots of physical labor before his last few months of death. The analysis of his stomach contents revealed a last meal of buttermilk and firmly milled flour and generally high protein levels generally high protein levels of preserved in his nails mainly indicate that he died during the winter when more meat was being consumed. He was decorated in a painted leather armband, which was a copper alloy fittings. According to Giles, the remains attest to another violent death, with a fatal stab wound to the chest, which he then tried to deflect with his left arm, causing a deep cut before the knife punctured the lung. There is also evidence where in which he had been tortured, both nipples were sliced through, leaving his skin hanging in flaps, with two withies were still pushed through the holes of his upper arms. Withies is a true branch from an ulcer or a willow tree. These injuries were most likely occurred when he was still alive. The colonial cabin man was discovered in situ, projecting from the side of a recently cleaned drainage ditch. The colonial cabin man was discovered on the peat conveyor belt, thus losing any detailed contextual information. The remains consisted of a male, only the upper torso remained due from the fact of the lower half was removed by a peat-cutting cut, machine. However, at this time, the head was intact. The statue was roughly 5 feet 9 inches. An elaborate top-knot hairstyle was kept in place by a plant-based oil mix with pine resin from France or Spain. According to Giles, the top-knot it is supposed to exaggerate his height. This is how male status was defined back then. There are many places in Denmark where in which the female bog bodies get their hair apparently shaved before death. The front of the colonial cabin's man head had similar markings, which can, inter which can indicate a ritual aspect before he was buried. The colonial cabin man appears to have been killed by several shattering blows to the skull, a wound to the chest, and an implement such as an axe and a 40-centimeter gash to the abdomen area, which may have indicated disemboweling. Both these individuals show incidents of painful mutilations to their bodies. It makes me wonder who these individuals were. Were they traitors? Enemies? Were they part of a ritualistic ceremony? I believe, based on the violence of the striations on their bodies, it makes me think that these individuals were not liked within the communities, or maybe just one specific person. I find it interesting that the top knot was used to represent height, and the fact that Colonial Cabin Man had some of his hair shaved off in the front makes me wonder if he was part of a ritual aspect, or maybe the perpetrator wanted to ridicule, ridicule this individual by shaving a piece of his hair. For myself, it makes me believe that they wanted to send a message or maybe make this individual less of a man.
The old crogman defends his wounds makes me realize that this individual was in an altercation with another person or multiple, which have resulted in his death. The fact that he was hung by willow branches and was brutally mutilated all over his body makes me believe that he could have been of some part of ritual. But at the same time, these wounds are extremely painful and suffering. So... To me, it could seem that these were recurring over a few days or maybe even weeks. And it makes me think that this individual was tortured and it could have been mutilated, maybe ridiculed in front of a a bunch of people. And I think that with these wounds, they were making a symbol out of this person. They were showcasing to everyone else that if you did what he did, You end up like this. So maybe it was sending a sign. Who knows though. I find that this one was very interesting as well. However. Again. Very little contextual evidence. Or anything like that. However. Harsh. And painful. Painful death. To every single one of these individuals. So I think it's interesting to see. That they were all injured in a significant way rather than dying from old age or something like that. And now moving on to the question segment, I'd first like to bring up my first question, which is with the hair representing status for the male, do you think that by shaving it, the colonial caveman, cabin man had wanted the individual to be thought of less after death Or what other possibilities do you think could have occurred? I think the hair and the fact of shaving it, I think personally maybe that this could have been a way of less representing this person in the afterlife or representing them in a different way than they were in their livelihood or in their life. I feel like the fact that these hairs are, like, these top knots are used to represent height and represent status in a male, I think the fact of shaving it, you are making him feel less of a male or less of a higher figure within the societal eyes. I think that this was pure torture, and I feel like a lot of this was out of anger for these individuals. And I feel like these individuals could have been intruders they could have been people from outside areas but I think that how their bodies were tortured or could have been tortured I think showcases that these individuals unfortunately had time like time with their pain and suffering what do you think Claire I agree with what you said. This seems like a very, very performative, ritualistic method of burial based on all of his injuries, based on the types of mutilation, based on the cutting of the hair, all of these different aspects, you know, quite clearly, I think to a lot of people would lead one to believe that it was a, either a sacrifice or a torture, like you said, but either way, a very specific and particular 
process was taken by the living to to mutilate this person i listening to all everything i kind of was coming to the points of perhaps these methods were chosen because of something negative or something not great that happened in the individual's life perhaps he was a criminal or was a murderer in his own way or something detrimentally bad enough to to require this infliction of torture um especially when you mentioned the cutting of the hair and because the hair holds such a significant aspect to not only lots of people in in this time in in this society but especially males um because it showed the hierarchical role that they had it showed their power it showed their social status so if you put all of the other injuries aside and you just focus on the hair and with the hair's history it's like a total form of like dehumanizing or humiliating an individual and whether that it happened while he was alive or it happened after his death it's it's such a brutal showcase of burial and like so many other episodes that we've talked about in this podcast, when we emphasize that there's sympathy or there's empathy in these burials, there was time and patience and care taken to put the bodies the way they were. This is crazy that it's so opposite. I, I mean, I, I'm glad that we cover so many different types of burials, but it's so important to look at these aspects and it doesn't mean that there isn't time and care because there totally is. It's just totally on the opposite side of the scale. There is still care and time taken to torture somebody like this or to mutilate somebody like this. It's just not on the sympathy or empathy side. And to continue on about the ritualistic aspect of this, um, with the hair being significant to the society and representing a lot with each individual I would say it's absolutely ritualistic if it was chosen that he was getting his head shaved or parts of his hair shaved off other other aspects of the injuries that you mentioned whether it was blows to the head or injuries in the skeleton the bones stuff like that I think that could tell a whole different story because injuries like that could happen to anybody or towards anybody you could mutilate bones in any kind of types of way whether it was sharp force trauma blunt force trauma any kind of things like that the cutting of the nipples whereas the skin was flapping out like they are very particular a a process in their own way but also that could be done to anyone in any in any kind of way right but the hair cutting is so so important and crazy because it's very specific to that one group that one society and very ritualistic because every male has a significance to their hair and every female has a significance to their hair like you mentioned that the female bodies had their hair totally shaven so that is so 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 particular to this area and to this group of people and to this individual that we're talking about it makes me think that there absolutely was a ritual and perhaps it was a sacrifice perhaps it was just a killing in the society based on you know who knows other events in this individual's life or something occurring um but nonetheless a definite ritual a definite belief taking place here 
And now moving on to my second part of my question. What do you believe could have happened to the old Cogram then, based on his wounds? Much like the first case that you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it is so hard to tell what could have happened to these individuals and why they would have been chosen to be treated like this by the living and to be tortured like this and buried like this. Um, But with this last individual and all the very, very graphic, very precise, performative types of mutilation to his body, I think that a safe conclusion would be that this was not a natural death. It wasn't sudden. It wasn't unplanned. It wasn't, you know, didn't have any aspects like that. People chose to make this decision to to mutilate the person in this way, whether it was a single individual or multiple individuals where, you know, it's unknown what role the indiv- the living played in the society during this time. But I would really, this is a crazy um, research that you chose and it's got me very interested and I would like to do more of it on my own um, to kind of, you know, fill in the gaps of all these questions we have. But to answer your question the best way I can, I would just say that there was a plan and a process and it wasn't, I don't think it was just a poor individual who starved to death or, you know, these kinds of things. I think that the male gender had a high place in this society at the time and therefore would have required the most horrific torture at the time of death. You know, I would I would like to look at female individuals and see how their roles played out in the society and how that would have reflected in their burials if they would have received the same kind of torture. Um, but just looking at the males now and then, you know, the previous individual with the hair and all this stuff, it it brings me to the conclusion that it was a sacrificial and or murdering type of death. <laughs> 